Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers! Last time on Dungeon Drunks. Our heroes have arrived at the Amber Shoulder Mine, but not all is good. They found a couple of dead bodies and a lot of missing people. As Carlton and Carissa Kinneboro scout out the area and find nobody and nothing and no tracks, Jonathan recasts Rary's telepathic bond, and while Travancore keeps an eye on things, Bernie uses Speak with Dead to ask one of the dead dwarves what has happened. She finds out that they were attacked viciously and quickly from the path through the mountains, not from under the mines, that something came and slaughtered the two guards, that something else was directing them, but they don't quite know who. Was there anything else? I'm trying to think. Oh, we, uh, we had a meeting oh, with a yeah. guy. Some, some guy showed up. Yeah. Well, that's going to be at the end. I'm, I'm thinking through the five questions that Bernie... Bernie asked about um, uh, Vin Wilba. Ah, yes. Okay. She asked a bit more about the overseer for the mine and what these two dwarves would like as far as burial rites. And just as everybody reconvened, a voice from a strange creature who suddenly appeared in the middle of the clearing, offering to talk. And that's where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, also known as Obo Crazy. It is still the fifth night of Hanukkah. Hug Samea. Uh, we're playing two games. Hug We're playing two games in a row, which means some of us have already had quite a bit of this lovely, lovely, I have hot chocolate with a little bit of Bailey's and a little bit of... Why can't I ever remember the name of this stuff? I keep wanting to say Jägermeister, but that's mm. not what it is. It is Rumplemints, which is very strong, Ooh. which is why I've only had one drink over the course of two episodes. But it is lovely and warm, and it is the holiday season, and I have enjoyed it. And Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. When Travancore went to re-up, his choice changed from the tea to straight up Jirone, because his throat is still hurt. Now, for those who don't know Malayalam, which is a lot of you, uh, Jira means cumin and Vellum means water. So basically, it's hot cumin water. And it's good on my throat. And I like it. And that's all that matters. Carlton, what are you drinking? Uh, so since this is game two on the same night, I still have my giant 32 ounce of the hibiscus agua fresca. But I was going to change it up and eat pie when we ever crit. But then we kept talking and I ate all the pie before we started <gasps> recording. Oh, <laughs> it was, no. It was very good pie. Yeah, I mean, we we are a chatty bunch. We, we are a chatty bunch. Talk. I love you all. But yes, I ate all of the very berry pie that I had. Ooh. I was about to ask what kind of pie it was. Very oh, berry. Good. I've been trying to be good all day today because I was very bad for the last two days about my uh, food intake and I need to get back on my diet and now I want pie. Bernie, what are you drinking? So I am finishing up the uh, Bose Good Time IPA, but I've also moved on to dessert. And what I have is a couple pieces of chocolate orange. Really Ooh. good. Uh, it's a yummy. dark chocolate orange. I actually ate and some of that today. Oh, even, I won't uh, want. <laughs> Me too. Aww. Me too. <laughs> For our <laughs> listeners at home, Jules has just enjoyed a piece of the chocolate orange and the grin on her face is making us all quite envious. Mm. And so I will let her in, milk. Uh, finish that and say, Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, it's Jonathan and I am playing Jonathan the Match Muscular and I am a little more drunk than I usually am on one of these recordings, so this should be fun. Uh, and I am still drinking the Helper's Goodberry Sour that our good friend Goober the Great has made at Goober the Great with the number eight on Twitter. And it is lovely and it is quite sour. And since, you know, drunkenness is kind of a kind of an avalanche, it builds and builds. So I went ahead and opened up another truly uh, seltzer, hard seltzer, uh, that I mentioned a couple of episodes ago. And I'm about halfway done with that. And uh, yeah, we've got another shot of Fireball to be consumed at the next casting of Fireball or the equivalent spell thereof. And this one... It's dedicated to the con of many things, which is also hosting event for 
SideQuest, one of our favorite charities. Yes, uh, if you are in Austin, Austin, in Austin, go check out the Con of Many Things. Check out the SideQuest booth. It would have already happened by the time this airs. <laughs> That's information. SideQuest <laughs> is awesome. Go support them. Go to SideQuest.org to support your favorite local charity from Austin that benefits Extra Life, Operation Supply Drop, and uh, Able Gamers. Fresh new events hop popping all the time. It's, it's so fresh, we miss them. <laughs> <laughs> did you just say hot popping? He did. Hot popping events? I think that's He's what we said. Dad. It's okay. Well, fresh it's new okay. events popping all the time. Literally a dad. Yeah, that's all right. It's it's fine. I'm actually kind of amused by the hot popping events. I got my dad cardigan on today. Oh my God, you are peak dad form over there. You are Jesus. I'm, I'm just cold. Not a hero. <laughs> you know who's cold. also wearing a cardigan and is peak dad? This creature in the middle. Of is he really? <laughs> Wait, is he really wearing a card? Is he that now, now a thing? Cardigan. He no. is not. In fact, this creature, as you turn, as it addresses you telepathically in your head, is definitely not wearing nearly enough clothing for the weather that you are in. It is the middle of winter in the spine of the world. There is several feet of snow. It is bitterly cold. The sun is going down. All of you can feel the chill in the air, despite the fact that you are all well-geared for this exact weather. And the bare skin on this creature doesn't seem to be affected by the cold. It's probably a good thing because... Otherwise, this would look like just a normal, lanky, muscular humanoid, with the exception of the fact that it's got this bald head of green and gray molted skin, bright yellow eyes that seem to just regard you without pupils, no mouth, no nose, and no ears, which is creepy for those of you who find that creepy. I do. I find that very creepy. Not hot. I think, yes, we have addressed the thirst trap. Yeah. Yes. No. The mouthlessness reminds me of the original um, X-Men movie, Deadpool. Kind of, except not forcefully closed mouth and more there is Just, there's no, no mouth. S- Just it doesn't exist. Does Yeah. Whatever this creature is didn't need a orifice there. The only... Uh, thing that you can see in the the head, the elongated head, are these yellow eyes, and it has spoken to you in your mind. At this point, it is only about 60 feet away. Uh, it is towards the center of the area that is this large mining encampment, and it has addressed you and asked about terms. Uh, Bernie wants to do a quick religion check to see if she knows what or who this thing is. Yes, Jonathan the Magimuscular would like to try and do a check of what this thing is. Okay, Bernie's doing a religion. Jonathan, what are you doing? I mean, Jonathan's mind, especially recently, would go to planar pursuits. So maybe uh, art, arcana, or maybe history? Um, give me one of the two. Bernie, okay. what'd you get? A 19. All right. Jonathan, what did oh, you wait, roll? Oh, what would- <laughs> so Jonathan the Magimuscular rolled a 15 and his Bonus for both is plus nine, so okay. 24. But which which did you roll? Because that'll um, determine what kind of information you. I get. think his mind is definitely on planar matters right now, so I think it would be an arcana. Okay, Bernie, with your religion check. Actually, we'll make this easy. We've got a religion and an arcana. Neither of you are very familiar with what this thing is, but you both have a you have a sense that this is some sort of fiend, both because of the smell check that. Shadow did earlier that he can still smell fiendish creatures on this thing. Also, just the general telepathic vibes that this thing is giving off. It's not classically fiendish. It is not. There's no leathery wings. There's no red skin. There's no horns. There's no devilish appearance or demonish appearance. So you're a little unsure what kind of fiend it is. It seems to be alone for the moment, and uh, I'm going to say both of you because of those checks for different reasons. The telepathy, as it forces its telepathic thoughts into your mind, is pretty powerful. So you get the sense this is not a creature that's used to being trifled with. And as you kind of gaze at it and kind of take in its appearance, take in its power, take in... All the things that you're thinking about, it once again speaks to you and says, 
I won't try to beat around your proverbial bushes. We're here to try to convince you to either keep the talisman you have, or maybe you'd be willing to part with it in exchange for something. Oh boy. Did you send those giants after us? Why, yes. Are you a devil? Why, no. So this wouldn't be a deal with a devil. I'm not asking for a deal. I'm asking for a trade. Right, but that could be considered some type of deal. A trade is a deal. It's a trade deal. I'm not looking to have you sign any contracts unless you're interested in joining my forces, but I don't think any of you would really do well coming to my plane and doing my work. What plane is that? Who are you? I'm the one who's interested in the talisman. And the yellow eyes turn to regard Travancore, and this creature says, Where is it? Well, first things first, thanks for clearing the proverbial bushes. What do you offer in exchange? Well, the easy thing to offer is the lives of everyone here. <laughs> I, I audibly laugh out. At this point, Jonathan is going to think into Bernie's head and say, I'm going to banish it. You still have that knife? That's an option, too. This creature seems unconcerned with Carlton's laugh. Uh, it doesn't seem to respond at all. It continues to regard Travancore. And it waits for Carlton to finish laughing, and then it says, I'm not really talking about any of you, although, of course... Your lives are on the table as well. Wait, whose, whose lives, lives are you talking about? It looks over at Carissa and says, You know how many people are in this mining camp, don't you? We only killed a couple. And Carissa doesn't answer. She's just looking straight at Travancore. Fuck. And Telbon's up, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. And so far, it did. I don't think it's reacted to me telling Bernie I was going to banish it. Didn't seem to react to anything. Either say, it doesn't seem like you're negotiating in good faith. First of all, our lives are something we have already. Yeah, amusing. Your lives can be taken. The lives of the miners here are under my control. Jonathan says into the call, we gotta move. If it's got hostages, we gotta move. As a, I mean, should, and I, I'll reply to Jonathan's head. Should we ask as a show of good faith to make sure they're not already dead, that they are alive? No. That's what we... Bernie's trying to do, because he will give the order to have them killed. Let's make sure they're alive, and if they're already dead, they're already dead. <laughs> it was with that tone in the call. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, we do have our lives, and my companion makes a great point, but I think the point he was getting at is you have given us lots of evidence um, that there are plenty of dead people here and not a lot of evidence that there are still any alive people here, if you know what I mean. I do. I don't care. Okay. Do you have a concept of trust where you're from? No. No. Not really. Okay. That has to make negotiating very hard for you. Only when the two parties are equal. So I will ask again, where's the talisman? Oh, I didn't know you were asking where the talisman went. I thought you wanted to make some kind of trade. Can I ask you a couple of questions? Because I'd like to know who I'm dealing with. Hi, I'm Bernie, by the way. So why do you want the talisman? Can I, this is just sort of a, like, knowing who you're working with, so we do have this thing with trust, and manners are also nice, but as you can tell, I've got compatriots that lack those in spades. Get Jonathan. Bernie just looks over <laughs> very slowly at Carlton and blinks several times. As I was saying, what did you say your name or preferred moniker was? I didn't. It wasn't important. Oh, but it is to me. I just would suggest that you hand over the talisman, so I leave. And I need everybody to make a wisdom saving throw. Is it Those casting you... a spell? Yes. Counterspell. Uh, is counterspell 60 feet or 30 feet? 60. It is? Okay, then I need you to roll. All right. Natural 20. Drink! 
And that fireball for that counterspell. Downing the hatch. So for a moment, all of you feel this compulsion to listen to what this thing said, and then Jonathan counterspells it. And and as soon as he does that, he says, equal, huh? Yep. And then he's going to try and cast his own spell. That was not very polite. You are going to be counterspelled. What are you rolling? Uh, Fourth level spell, banishment. It is counterspelled. It is not counterspelled by the creature that you are looking at. Oh. I will give you that much. And Jonathan the Magimuscular, his uh, his head turns. He's like, there are others. Let's kill them all in the call. He's, he just he doesn't say that out loud. All the creature sees is his head turn. But Jonathan's just like, there are invisible creatures about. I just got counterspelled by something else. Boop, boop, boop. The creature in front of you, the one that has been talking, continues to just... It, there's no expression on its face because all it has is eyes. It's still looking at Travancore. As this flurry of counterspells happen, it glances over at Jonathan, especially as Jonathan makes this, you know, equals, huh? Once again, doesn't seem to react, doesn't seem to care. Looks back at Travancore and says, Amusing. Are you still interested in a barter? Or are we just going right to fighting? Because usually the fighting is messy and involves a lot of death. And... While I have confidence, I would rather not deal with that right now. I'm not even looking to take the talisman from you as long as you're willing to keep it. And the tall bomb Bernie's going to say, Travancorat, you've been very quiet. This is your family, Travancore. This is your entire family. Well, I'm very excited to be in front of such a skilled negotiator. Your offer is, is very tempting, I must, I must say. However, if it was just a matter of killing us and taking it and you just want to avoid it for whatever reason, it seems like you don't think just taking it without negotiating is a sure thing. So I kind of want to roll the dice. This is less about the surety of taking it and more hedging my bets. Whoever has it will continue to be hunted. Whoever has it will continue to be sought after by the one you know can call it with. So if you're willing to hold on to it, if you want to keep possession of it, and are willing to fend off those advances, I'm okay with that, as long as you're not looking to get rid of it. Now, if you would like to have me take it off your hands, I'm willing to keep it safe. I'm willing to keep it unspoiled. That's up to you. Either option are amicable to me. What if? In the Talbon, Bernie's going to say something to Travancore. So I'm going to wait for Bernie to respond. Sure. Just act like you're thinking it over. Um, what if you tell him, one of us just tells him that we personally don't have any plans on destroying it. I'll destroy it. Make the promise for yourself. Don't make it for anybody but you. Bernie, with your role from before, while you don't know exactly what this thing is, the fact that it's a fiend, the promise you make can be as binding as any contract. So you got to be careful what you promise. You would know this and Jonathan would know this. This is a delicate negotiation. It's an either or ultimatum kind of thing. I'm going to need details and granularity before I make a decision that's going to impact me for the rest of my life. I, I hope you can appreciate that. So I, I, I hold on to this thing. What happens then? You hold on to it. You don't give it up. Okay. Bernie currently has it, from what I understand. He doesn't know that. I believe it is in the bag of holding. I thought Bernie just had it. I thought it was in the bag of holding. I thought Bernie went into the pocket house, hid it somewhere, and came back out without no, telling that us where. No, that was the mandolin. No, that was the mandolin. That was the whole thing about that. It's like you have so many things that people want. My understanding is it's in the that the Bernie took it, but then you put it in the bag of holding. That it would be on my person. Which the bag of holding is on your person, but yes. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna say that for reasons. That are actually better for all of you. Because it could sense it if it was on. 
it's 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 like it might be able to, to tell where it was <laughs> if if it was just on someone's person but i believe you put it in the bag of holding if i'm wrong and the internet is yelling at me guess what i'm making an assumption that's actually okay, helping then our I party think if it had yeah if he can't locate it with magic then it must be in the bag of holding it's either bag of holding or pocket house and here's what I'll say. I know it's not in the pocket house for sure. I'm pretty sure it's in the bag of holding. I will say with the questions it's asked and the fact that it just confirmed that the giants went after, that the giants were sent by you and the fact that all of them were targeting Travancore, whether they they are sure that Travancore has it or what, they're assuming Travancore at least knows where it is or has it on his person. So read into that what you will. So do you need an answer right away, or can I take some time to think about it? This is a big decision. Like, I don't want to take it lightly. I don't want to make the wrong choice. I hope we can appreciate that. Wait, why don't you want us to destroy it? Let's just fucking kill them. Let's just kill them. Jonathan. Jonathan? Because it is much more useful. Not destroyed. Well. And to answer your question, I don't plan on staying on this plane a second longer than I have to. So, yes, I need a decision. I'm guessing... If Anorak is occasionally occupied from time to time, that uh, that's not something you're going to be too upset about. If she's pulled to this plane once in a while, that might be something that you might welcome. Am I right in assuming this? That's a pretty good assumption for a mortal. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe we like it that she's on a short leash. You know, a backhanded compliment is still a compliment, so thank you. All right, and, uh... Well? Wait, what stake do you have in it? Like, why do you care? They're clearly her rivals. Let's just kill them. Who's saying what out loud? Obviously, I, Carl- Jonathan the Magimuscular has said nothing out loud. Okay, only in the telephone. Only, only Jonathan the, equals the Magimuscular comment. that just wants to kill them, and not Jonathan the player who thinks the only solution to this is killing them. Oh no, Jonathan the player also wants to kill them. Okay, because <laughs> our, like- our path forward is destroying this thing. So. Yeah, I think Bernie thinks the pass forward is destroying his thing, but Bernie's taking a look at the character sheet and everybody's health and is very concerned with the number of spell slots and her ability to heal and how many people apparently in his party have counterspell. So if we can make a promise with a big loophole in it and still move forward into the mine... That's fine. I would definitely go for a promise with a big loophole... Where, like, I feel like as players, we should probably talk this out because it seems like we are all on very different pages. But And I'll say with the Telbond, to make this easier also as characters, I'll say with the Telbond, you're able to have this kind of discussion super fast to where are you, where are you, where are you, that kind of check-in. So, it, yeah, definitely take a moment, talk about it. So, in, in out of character, I think it, this might, and I understand that this is not realistic to the real world, but I feel like parties should have conversations out of character all the time. And it helps you communicate better. So, welcome to an actual play podcast, friends. <laughs> and if you're yelling that it's not realistic, I don't care. There's elves and dwarves and, and, I'm, I, and <laughs> magic. Guess what? So, here's my literal taking a look at my character sheet from that last time and looking at the number of spell slots I have left it's not good I cannot if there's two of them plus a third I don't think there's much I can do other than have to stand back and heal you guys and I'm just gonna run out of the ability to do that and at the same time Travancore still has 61 health Carlton has 75 health the bear has 21. I've got 83 and Jonathan is 92. So we're not doing great. We're not doing horrible, but we're not doing great. And the way forward fighting this, someone dies. Disagree. Because I still have I still have plenty in my tank. And I had them burn one of their counterspells. Now we know there's another counterspell out there. They can't possibly counterspell everything I'm going to do. No. Um, and I don't give them that opportunity to because my firebolt is actually pretty hefty now. So also, I don't trust these things. And they already sent someone to kill us. Yes. So I figure this uh, from not only a tactical perspective, but also a rather vindictive one. We end this here. I think that if we can make them promise to leave immediately... Let us tend to our compatriots in the mine 
Like, I think we have to sit there and think about. You know what's funny? This thing said he doesn't want to stay on this plane any longer than he has to. I tried to help him. Yeah, I just, okay. I will be very quickly not useful. I understand that you have a lot of spells. I'm trying to tell you that the person that keeps you alive doesn't. I understand that. But we can't all fight based on one person's capability. No. We have two people in the party that are that don't need spells to kill things. Yes, that's fine. However, I also think there is something to be said for not smashing your way out of every situation. Agreed. I think it'd be far more interesting if we found a way to negotiate. But I will let everybody else, the other two people in our party, who... I haven't had a chance to get back up to full health, one of whom is probably the squishy one who is at 61 health, who they will immediately target, weigh in. Well, is Ronnie an option? Are we able to, like, cast teleport or something, get, just get out of here? No. No. Hmm. Here's, here's where I, I stand. I am kind of in the middle camp here. I think that we, I do want to kill them, but I don't know if it has to be right now. We know that they have hostages. We know that there's an invisible creature here. We don't know where the hostages are. We don't know where this invisible creature is. If we go in just guns blazing, he could say a word and those hostages are killed. Without us having a chance to stop the invisible creatures. Because Carlton, that's the way he's seeing it, is like, he is placating this conversation. Because you all know Carlton is the first one that wants to go in swinging. but. Carlton also has grown and realizes that there are innocent lives that his direct actions could end by going in guns blazing. So he is playing it cautious and I would like to get more information because also we're dealing with a fiend. There's a lot to be said about what they can tell us, even if they are just trying to give us the runaround. And that's what I'm worried about, is that they might be able to run around us better than we run around them. And we blow an opportunity to actually end, just simply end it. Look, as a character, Travancore, like, he is, I'll just say he's considering it. Like, he doesn't really trust the demon. Like, the idea is that he has no assurances that anyone in the, the, the vel is even alive. Or that this thing is inclined to honor its word. He could just kill us afterwards anyway. So, there's no good faith, there's no way to Travancore to know that this thing's on honor other than it says it will. And that's not enough to, for him to go on, personally. He said okay. something. He might He might be lying. We have insight. Can I insight this guy, actually? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and insight. My insight is a plus five. Eleven. A one. Uh, it's an eight, so. Okay, I, because both of you are rolling, and because everybody's like, I'm going to roll too, I will let one person roll with advantage. So if one of you wants to roll a second time, or if somebody else wants to roll with advantage. Your advantage, your bonus is better, Bernie. You go ahead and roll okay. again. 23. Okay. Is he lying? Uh, you don't get the sense that he's lying. Uh, it's very obvious. It is not telling you everything. It's hard to read because there is no facial features. But the answers are quick enough and glib enough that you don't think it's lying. It's just being cautious about not telling you anything it doesn't feel like talking about. The part at the end about I don't want to be on this plane longer than I have to sounded more like boredom than uncomfortable. Like, this place kind of sucks and I'd rather go home versus there's uh, issues. Let me send yeah. you home. That's all I wanted and to other, do. And the other piece of it is, like, I would assume if he's going to make this kind of deal that he has some way of assuring that I'm not lying. I could say anything. And I'm just assuming a being of that intelligence would have a mechanism to keep me honest, whether it's binding this thing to me forever or something similar. I think all three of you would know, and probably even Carlton at this point, but between the <laughs> roles from before and Travancore's experience and knowledge about what has happened to his family, that yes, even without it being a paper contract, making a a deal with any kind of fiend will come with ways of making sure you honor it. Sure. If, take a vote, guys. If y'all want to kill it, we'll kill it. Kill. I need to know where the hostages are. So I'm going to vote and I'm not killing it right now. Yeah, I mean, there. But the, he has, here's the thing. The not killing it now means making a deal. Hmm. Travancore, I think what you tell it is that in order for you to move forward with a deal, in order for you to move forward, you need to know where the hostages are and that they're alive. 
And as soon as you know that, you can make a deal. That's fair. Okay. I I need to know these hostages are alive. Absent that, there's it's just I'm going on your word, which I probably shouldn't. And if you don't, if you're not willing to provide evidence of that, then I, it's hardly a deal at all, is it? This is true. <sighs> what kind of evidence are you looking for? And I'm kind of actively waiting in the telepond for for let's see the proof proof of life. <sighs> we would see like them. to physically see all of them healthy and what is the? Let's hear from. Uh, the Nola uh, Weaver Bane. Weaver Bane, yeah. Yeah, Venwalda Weaver Bane. Is she in the? Is she in the mine? Oh, they're not in the mine. No, that's. Well, where are they? They're in a house over there. Everyone. Everyone that's not dead. Yeah. I wanted to keep them close. And how Bucks? many did you kill? Bucks, go look in the window. It'll, bucks, it'll take Bucks a moment, but he'll fly over there. Jonathan, you do see that this creature's eyes look up and track Bucks, but nothing happens. And Bucks flies over to the house oh, that this yeah. creature like lazily pointed to. Bay help them if they did anything to Bucks. It seems like, the, for whatever reason, lets Bucks fly on by. Carlton, you can recognize that where Bucks is flying to and where the creature is pointed to is some of the collection of houses that, or is some of the collection of uh, longhouses that are the barracks for this place that you didn't go all the way back to look at. Gotcha. That we kind of, we're towards the end of our trip, so we were speeding it along. Exactly. Gotcha. As Bucks flies over there, uh, this creature, which is still kept, like it watched Bucks fly a little bit and then looked back at Travancore and it's mostly been chatting with Travancore and says, I could keep him in the mine, but then I'd have to go into the mine to kill him if you betrayed me or if you tried to fight. That seems like a waste of time. So are you holding these uh, things in perpetuity? Do they go free once we have a deal or do you come after them if you think the deal has been breached? Like, give me some details here. You agree to either give me the talisman or keep it safe for the rest of your life. And in exchange, they go free. It's as easy as that. I'm not one of those looking for complicated deals because complications lead to questions and loopholes and issues. And in this case, I'd rather just go home. So you give me what I want. I give you what you want. We go oh. our separate ways. You, you, Bernie, In the you chat, to, you're going to hear... Yeah. Um, Bernie, you have, to, you have to kill me. Yeah, basically. I know. I'm going to let someone else do that one. I'm just going to bring it back to life. Yo. <laughs> my me- my <laughs> mental hand raises. <laughs> <laughs> Don't read into that, Travancore, at all. We love you. All right. So... As you're saying this... Oh, God. Now, all of you would hear this because it's in the Telebond. Box reaches, so he reaches a building. He looks inside one of the windows. He doesn't see anything. He goes to the next building because once again, the, the creature just kind of lazily pointed in a direction. Uh, the second building he looks in, you all see what looks like a good three dozen dwarves, mostly dwarves, huddled, not panicked, not upset, not scared or frightened they seem like they're huddled for warmth because there isn't a fire going there isn't it's dark in this building it's only because bucks has excellent vision and there's still a tiny bit of sunlight but there's just like three dozen dwarves huddled in one of the barracks all kind of hanging out uh waiting they look like they're patiently waiting for something and you all see this bucks can so normally how far away is this? So the building that they're in is a good 200, 300 feet away. Okay. I mean, it's hard to tell. It's it's because it's all the way on the edge of the encampment. And then they're like in the middle of the building. They're hanging out near where the fireplace would be if it was on. <clears throat> so normally within 100 feet, Bucks, I can, or Jonathan the Magimuscular can see through Bucks's eyes. But in this case, it's Rary's telepathic bond. That bond, right? I was hoping to stream live video from well, from Bucks from Bucks to this to Jonathan the Magimuscular server, and then share that with the call. But I don't think I can. But you don't have to because it's Rary's telepathic bond, and he's in the call, so he's live streaming this to all of you. That's why I had that <laughs> moment of how close is he? Because so all of you see this image that he is projecting of 
the the of looking through the window and seeing this. Uh, I, I guess I don't know if it would matter externally, but JMM's eyes probably flash like briefly when the connection is established. So out loud, I'm going to say, "Hey, creature, how many of them did you kill?" Are you interested in an accounting? Because I'm not. Most of them are alive. I want to make sure that there's no others that are missing. So if well, you say, oh, we killed 10 of them, and we see all but 10, then we know that these are, this is all of them. The ones I have that we have not killed are in that building. And when the deal is struck and we leave, you can count some heads. It'll be exciting. Uh, I want to incite... I want to insight that that's all the ones that they, that they left alive are there. Sure. I will let both of you roll or one of you roll with advantage. Who was the other? Travancore was talking about inciting, yeah. inciting, inciting. Okay. Tra- uh, Travancore, do you want to you want to do it with my help? Yeah, sure. Advantage. You're, you're a little bit wiser than I am. You have sure. advantage. So it's insight, right? Yep. Alrighty. High roll is 15. Nope. We have the exact same uh, wisdom. Seems like he's telling the truth. D20 Dames is a storytelling podcast powered by D&D. Every other week, a group of adventuring ladies explore a fantasy world, beheading or befriending monsters, and punching creeps. Ha <laughs> 19. Definitely hits. Yes! Our podcast is 100% written, produced, and played by women. Are you okay if I'm not actively looking for your siblings, but I'm still with you? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's just companionship. I mean, I'm not really expecting people to, like, delve into a dungeon for me or anything, but, uh... I would delve into a dungeon for you, Riot. And Rose? Yes? I was rather mistaken about you. Aw. You don't have to be monstrous to be extraordinary. Hear new episodes every other Tuesday. Subscribe to D20 Dames now on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. I wish you had told me, though, because then I could have given you a gift. Oh, it's a- oh, Carp, you know the only gift I want is your friendship. Misadventure awaits. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Beyond Heroes, and more. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the show, and thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on January 12th at 8 p.m. Pacific, so open up the game, go to the shop, and type in this code. D-E-E-M-C-O-C-A-H-E-F-T. So use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops, back to the show. So, and then, so Travancore and the Tailbomb Tennis, so let's get the verbiage right. So I'm going to tell this thing, until I die, I'm not going to go in that mine. Well, no. No, that no, you're no, not no, gonna no, no, no. Destroy it. You promise destroy to keep it, it. safe Because we can still go in the you... mine. Yeah, right. keep it safe un- uh, for the rest of your life. Until you die. Until you die. The rest of your life, because his life, we know, it will be, extend yeah. beyond his death. Is that what I said? I'm a little confused about the difference. You're promising to keep it safe until you die. Until your death. Because dying until I die, yeah, is way better than the rest of your life. Because we know you will continue to have life after you die. We'll oh, see. that's true. And and uh, make it poetic in a bit, like uh, upon my death or some, no, something. No, I don't, no, 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 no. Don't no. want to. If you make it poetic, you give an opportunity. You want it to just be. We, but we also don't want to give it away. We also don't want to say until I die. We no, want to, he's not going to say it that way. He just isn't going to say it in a weird way that gives him an opportunity to have a loophole. When you do something like this, you just say, "Okay, I promise to keep it safe until I die." Until my death. <sighs> it's not going to be a thing. If you want to make it a thing, you can say, you know, like clearly this is about the hostages, but like. 
what he should get is he should get that after I make this, this the moment I make this promise, you're back to your plane of existence along with your compatriots. Whatever, if there, if those dwarves are sitting there like they're waiting on something, there's some kind of spell on them that lifts immediately. Those are the kinds of things that he should be focused on, not adding poeticism to it. We need to make but sure. We also wanna, because this... if it doesn't land, then none of it matters. Yeah, well, that's fine. But like, we need to make sure that he's getting whatever spell lifted from whatever it took to get them all huddled in there, waiting expectantly to be given some kind of command to die. Want that gone. We want to make sure that he has left this plane of existence. Well, one, we don't know that they're under a spell. They could have just been seen, hey, scary demon that's going to kill you. That would be compelling enough. That's the point. The point is, what I'm trying to tell you is you don't trick somebody by acting poetic. You trick somebody by getting the assurances you would need in order to make this deal. I think regardless of how he phrase it, there's going to be some sort of deception check that I have to roll anyway. Like, that just seems to be coming. So, yeah. I don't think I'm too hung up on the verbiage. I will probably say, in consideration for your magics being exempt from, from me, my friends, and the hostages, for, from now until forever, and for their for freedom, and for our safety, I promise to keep this amulet from hands, uh, from anyone's hands, until I die. Yeah, I would be careful about that because yeah, you don't want to throw that's going to imply that you're going to fight the fuck out. I didn't of us. say forever. I said until right. I die. You literally How's, said oh, until forever. Forever for <laughs> no, I said forever for them to be exempt from the magics. Like this is in perpetuity. I want them to be immune from this thing of magics. We have to buy something for my money, right? This is. Uh, I mean, they thing. don't feel like you have to buy something from them. They just want it. You're you're buying the immediate release of uh, the immediate safety of the dwarves. Immediate in- safety of the dwarves and us. The creature does speak up at this point and says, I'm assuming that was to check on the the, the dwarves. Uh, yes, yes. We were just making sure that they were okay. They seem kind of expectant of something, but they seem alive too. Yep. Probably can, a little okay. cold. It'll be fine. So, All right. Is there any game mechanic where I can phrase this the best possible way or do I have to just come up with the words? I don't want to get into wishes. I don't okay. want to get into specific mechanics. I what I'm more interested in is intent, and I'm I'm not looking to get a gotcha in this. Yeah. Well, Lord, I mean, Lord's not a DM versus player, so I think we could just tell Lord right. our intent. Yeah, our got our gotcha is <laughs> we want we want to kill Travis. I will yeah. say you all understand that even though there there might not be a paper trail for this this is going that something's going to happen that's going to hold you to this and you'll want to be careful about the terms that you offer because obviously well i'm lauren is not looking for loopholes anything obvious is all right well lauren i will say here and if anybody could chime in if i'm Here's what, I'm what not I'll gonna do. Say Wait, I'm going is... to interrupt this just to make this life easy because I'm I'm not looking for this to turn into th- three hours of of gotcha verbiage. Contract negotiation. Carissa is going to speak up at this point, and she's going to say what I think is the obvious thing, which is, "What happens after you die? What happens to it?" So uh, she's saying this in Telbond, right? Yes. So I was going to say when Travancore dies, we expeditedly destroy the talisman and then try to bring Travancore back. Yes, but she's asking, like, if that's the deal you're making. So you you tell him you're going to hold on to this thing until you die. What happens after you die? The contract is fulfilled. Yeah, I've honored the terms of the contract, right? And then what happens to the thing? This thing that seems to be the thing that it means that uh, all of my friends are in danger and has brought this this destruction on us. What happens then? While Travancore is dead, the rest of us will destroy it. No, no, no. She's trying to figure out what we tell them, what their expectations are after Travancore dies, what happens to this thing. Yes. I don't know. Let's ask. I'll ask. I'll be the only one who's alive after he dies, technically. Yep. I yeah, have a you're like, like, older than him. <laughs> <laughs> Remember me fondly. Remember Carlton fondly. <laughs> <laughs> um, quick question for you. I like quick questions. There haven't been many of them so far. Well, you know, that's sort of us. If you've been tracking us, you should know this. This is true. I've given you a lot more leeway than I've given a lot of people. I like to think it's part of our charm. What happens after he dies? Well, someone else needs to guard it or you give it to me. I will 
come and take possession of it if that's what you would like. That's no deal at all. I say in the Telbond. Well, I mean... If it just passes on to somebody else, it doesn't really solve the problem if I die. After all, my interest in is keeping it out of certain hands and making sure it's not destroyed. So he needs to make a will, is what you're saying. How you do it is up to you. I don't care as long as you do it, as long as it's binding, because your lives are short and mine is not. And I would like to not worry about this for as long as possible. Okay, so we'll make a will. We'll make a will. And in the chat, Bernie's going to say, Travancore promised him to make a will, but don't promise when you're going to make it. I'm not on board with this. This is not okay. If it just passes on to somebody else, I get that it might be the only way to say that, but like, it's not any of your families. It's my family. This is what Bernie thinks we can do so that we don't have to like talk this out and that we can put it in whatever language will work. Bernie thinks the imperative things here are securing the safety of the hostages, making sure that the moment you make this deal, he leaves this plane of existence along with the those he came with. Like, he leaves and he takes his posse with him. And in order to cover the what happens after you die thing, you... She thinks Travancore should promise that he will make a will passing the amulet on. And unless he comes to you for specifics, I've got how many diamonds left? Then you are very vague about when you will make the will. You make no promises that you'll even make the will before you die. You just say you will make a will. You don't promise to make it before you die. You promise to make it in your lifetime. Okay. Because your lifetime will extend beyond your death. This is the loophole we are working with here. Oh my god, that is so fucking clever. I love it. I also, Jules, if I can piggyback. This is what I've been trying to say from the beginning, by the way. (laughs) Right. Uh, If I could piggyback, Jules, Mm -hmm. is that, yes, say that he will make a will in his lifetime, but then upon his death and when the uh, talisman changes hands, that the lives of the dwarves and the innocents are unbound by this contract and that and if he needs some assurances like no, oh well, no, how no, do no, i know no no no, 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 no. no. yeah well, I was gonna say, uh, no. it goes to us like because we well, can uh, because the first thing that happens is the hostages get released the yeah. point well, of vague the first thing that happens the second the deal is made the hostages are released we care yep. about their immediate safety they're not our friends this is julia making the point this is not made in front of but like the point of loopholes the more specific you get the easier it is to nail you down Right. And so if you're sitting there asking for weird assurances about the safety of a hostage at the moment of your death, he is going to think something is up about the moment of your death. What you tell him is you, if it is okay by him, you will make a will, a will and pass it along to, to pass along. Yes, I love that. because, And that's what I was trying to say earlier. Making the, the specific about the point of death the specifics make the things weird. We keep it simple and the loophole stays like Julius, like, like Julia said, All right. I, I agree. I am on board with that. I'm, I'm on board. Jules. Sounds good. You can, Bernie, you can All right. say the terms if you, to him, if you want. No, you've got to make this promise, kiddo. I'm not promising your, to hold this until yeah. my death. Because <laughs> Congratulations. if I die, I'm not saying that you, none of you it. can bring me back. <laughs> I can authorize you to speak on my behalf. Nope. Just say it. I absolutely nope. can do it. Nope. Jack, it's all trying. You got this. All right, we believe. Do you want me to write it down? Um, one. I'm. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say once again for the purpose of this game. I'm not looking for like minutia wish style loopholes. We have made our wishes known. Exactly. I'm once again not looking for technical specific and 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 also you've made several insights into this creature. You don't think the creature is either. Yeah. You think he's bored as fuck. He, he wants, wants to, go, to home. go. Dear listener, exactly. you have you have listened to this ad nauseum, so you understand what the terms are. Kevin I don't know. Ford they may not have <laughs> delivered. Okay, I'll accept the terms. I'm the only one that knows them and pretend that I'm Travancore. Yep. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not okay. <laughs> you can't play as me. If you want, I'm just going to say what we've been saying this entire time. Yeah. So, Basically, what's yeah. your, what, what, what? Deal. Okay. Travancore, you feel a tingling in the back of your head and something shivers down your spine settles into your gut for a moment it's uncomfortable and it is off-putting you 
almost feel a little dizzy. And then it goes away. Feels like you've just agreed to do something. You're going to keep this thing uh, until you die. <laughs> and then you will, before you die, agree to pass it along to somebody. No, in his lifetime, he agrees to pass it. Write a will that will pass it along to someone. In, I made in this his... expediently clear so this dude doesn't yes. pop back up the moment we kill Travancore to go throw this in an acid pool. Like, oh, well, I'm not doing all of this all over again. <laughs> then what he says is, keep it safe. Okay. So now I have to wonder if any is a kind of magical effect on me that'll force me to defend this thing if any tries to take it away from me. Well, don't you know. don't have it. There is so definitely a magical a effect on you that is forcing you to comply with keeping it safe. With well, keeping he doesn't it... have it on his person right now, so nobody can at least take it from you, well, Jack. Well, it's, it's one of those, like, once again, there's no details. Right. In the bag of holding that you have control over and your party has control over is close enough. For the purposes of this, if anyone's curious, it's a geese spell. You are now subject to. You have agreed to do this thing, and you will suffer the consequences if you do not do the thing, which is to keep the thing, the talisman. So, what, would you say I'm compelled to grab it from the bag at this point? No. No. Okay. No. Okay. So he's gone. He vanishes, and All right. it is quiet. Jonathan the Metamuscular immediately kicks off a true scene. Okay. And he's and he's going to say in the call. I'm going to look around for any more invisible fuckers. Okay. What is the range on true seeing? Uh, 120 feet. Okay. Don't see anything invisible. Is Buck still sitting by the window or has he come back to all of you? He is still sitting by the window. Okay. All of the dwarves are still there. They still seem fine. They still seem unconcerned, not scared, not anything. They're, but they're still just sitting there. All right. Let's go check on the hostages, make sure they're okay. Yeah. Um, Lauren, can I ask you, like, a weird technical question? How sure. high a level do you cast this at to get it to last for the rest of his life? It's an eighth level or spell. Or would a nice, would a little bit of investigative magic on this geese spell find out that perhaps it doesn't last for the rest of Travancore's life? Because Bernie thinks she may not have to kill him after all. I think we should do it anyway, just to be sure. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Pick a finger. And that's how you know Carlton has gone from chaotic neutral to chaotic good, where he doesn't immediately say, let's kill hey, my buddy. Hey, listen, listen. Jonathan the Magimuscular was this close to fireballing everybody. And he didn't because he is not, he is still good. And when Bernie made the argument that the safety of the hostages was a big issue and could be secured without fireballing, that's why he held back. Because he is good. We're going to hold off on this for the moment until we, let's go check on the dwarves. And then yeah. Bernie's going to, Bernie and Jonathan are going to have some realizations because Travancore doesn't exactly know what's happened to him. Bernie's going to detect a little magic at a really high level. Exactly. Like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to explain a few things and then I'll let you decide what you want to do. So in the few minutes it's going to take you to go over to the the building that has all of the dwarves in. And as you're kind of piecing through, you know, maybe Travancore is explaining the feelings he felt. Because Travancore doesn't actually be like, I have a geese spell on me. He just talks about these feelings. Uh, Jonathan and Bernie are discussing what the the thing is that you were talking to. So I'm going to say during that time as you are comparing notes, you make it to the building. Open up the door and there are all the dwarves seem happy seem they all kind of wave at you but then they stay hunkered down do not move i i will say by this point the description that travancore is given and the things that you've noticed about this this creature and you know that it's a fiend you think travancore is the recipient of some sort of geese spell um, so at this point, I'll say if some of you want to do anything with the dwarves or if others of you want to ask questions about the spell, let's go ahead. Bernie's in very interested in finding a way not to have to murder her friend. I understand. What would you like to do to examine possibilities? I think Bernie's magic ex examination is kind of like getting a physical at the doctor. So Bernie's going to be like, <laughs> Travancore. Yo. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And she's going to do, you know when, like, doctors, like, feel your adenoids to, like, see if you have strep throat? <laughs> Listen, I'm over 40. My doctor's appointments go very differently now. Please continue. <laughs> yeah. Um, this isn't an over 40 doctor's appointment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, God, we're all familiar with let's, that. Let's, yeah, let's keep our hands uh, where I can see them. There's no, squ- <laughs> there's no squish and there's no thumbs. Really, you get what... your titties squished to make sure you don't have breast cancer. Oh, yeah. All right, so Bernie and Travancore are going to go into a corner, and you're going to do an examination. What kind of – are you going to do a medical or are you going to do a magical? I think it's going to be magical. I, I think that's just what her magic looks like. Her magic looks very similar to modern med- medicine. Okay. Bernie um, the Magic Medical. Bernie the Magic Medical. Give me a medicine check, or give me an arcana check, or give me a religion check. One of the three. All right. Medicine is actually the highest of those three. I kind of figured, but I wanted to give you options. That's a 24. Okay. Ooh. I'm going to get to you in just a second. Hold on to that 24. Carlton and Jonathan, as because this is going to take a moment. What are the two of you doing? Jonathan the Magic Muscular is still, he's going to kind of go on a little walkabout. And he's going to tell everyone in the call, hey, I kicked off the true seeing. So if he left anyone behind, I should be able to see them. And you haven't seen anything. And yeah, he's going to continue and he's going to tell Bucks, okay, Bucks, you can take to the air and keep an eye out for footprints in the snow or any any shit like that. And then speaking Dwarvish, I'm going to check in with the hostages, see how they're doing, if any of them need anything, helping them up to their feet, etc. Hey, buddies. Yo, what? <laughs> hey, what's up? So y'all y'all good? Like what what you guys seem pretty chillin' here a moment ago. Well it's cold, yeah. I mean we're still we're still kinda cold, but you know, everything's fine. Kinda cramped. Whatever. I see you guys are from the the, the New York and dwarves. <laughs> well all of us are from, you know, the New York and dwarves. The Bronx dwarves. The, the, from the yeah, from up north. What can I help and, you with? Yeah, so did they did those creatures wrangle you all in here and just tell you to hang out? Uh, wrangle? Uh, herd together. Kinda. Gather. Well, the the one, the one, uh, had a pretty good suggestion about how we should kind of stay out of the way and stay in here. And sounded like a pretty good suggestion to us. Was it like a, like a mass suggestion type thing? Like he suggested it to the masses? Well, we're all here, so it must have been a really good suggestion, I guess. I mean, okay. it sounded like a good idea to us, so here we are. Without, uh, no qualms about it, even though he just murdered your friends, right? What are you talking about, murdered? Oh, Carlton, we'll buddy. get to that. We'll get not important now. We'll get to that later. Not yeah. important now. We'll get to that later. Do you speak dwarvish? Oh no. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, th- th- those guys were up to no good. So tell me, which uh, where can I find Van? Was it Vandora? Vanwolda. Vanwolda. Wyvernbane. Yeah. A different dwarf stands up, a uh, very stocky female dwarf, completely bald, uh, no eyebrows even, like completely hairless, which is a little weird for a dwarf. Um, Still darker skin, thick furs. Uh, She's got uh, a pretty large axe on her back, but she stands up with a grin despite her kind of severe appearance and says, yeah, can I, uh, can I help you with something? We, we have to just hang out here for a little bit longer, but I was going to open back up everything once, once that's all taken care of. Why do you have to hang out here for a little longer? Oh, we were, it was suggested that we hang out here. It seemed like a really good idea. Apparently there's going to be some issues outside and we just wanted to stay out of the way. Uh, well, the, well, we got the all clear. I have your friend Carissa here. And Carissa has moved forward and she just looks distraught and concerned and is uh, doing a very bad job of hiding it for all of you. And then in the tell bond, I'll be like, uh, so Jonathan, they keep using the word uh, suggested that they sit out and hang out here for a little while and that they had no idea their friends were murdered. How many of them are there? Uh, it's about three dozen. Yeah, I can't target that many. Yeah, Carlton starts, like, counting all of his hands until he gets to the number, like, three dozen. Nah, nah, I can't target that many, so uh, it might have been an actual suggestion. Right, just letting you know, like, a uh, high-level suggestion. No, 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 I'm, what I'm saying is I can do that. Right. And I can't target that many people. So I think it was... Right, but he had more power than you. Right, no, he didn't. And, uh... Mm, nah, I he counted his shit, too. He invisibly counterspelled you. 
I counterspelled him back, so fuck there him. There were a few magic users. Maybe they all did it together. Jonathan is trying to protect his status here. Yes, I understand what Jonathan is doing, and Carlton is ribbing him. And no, I'm saying that even at my most powerful, and I'm getting pretty fucking powerful, I could not target three dozen people. Do you have ninth level spells? Neither does he. You don't know that. You don't. I don't even know what the fuck that thing was. Yeah, he could have been an archmage. It's fine. Anyways. We'll have Bernie. We'll have Bernie look him up. Look, if it is the big suggestion, that means they're still under it. So once Bernie gets done with Travancore, she can take a look at them and see if any of them are under Listen, a magical effect. I wasn't effect. trying to say it's not the size of your magic; it's how you use it. I'm just saying I don't even have a fucking wand. My point is, is that if they use the big one, there will be lingering effects that our Bernie can have a look at and right. figure out. I was out. just letting you know that there was big magics used. I don't think there was. I think literally they were just told to come in here. Jonathan, are you making any kind of check or are you just, that's what your gut is going off of? I guess I'm making perception checks with my true sight. Oh, 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 you mean, you mean a, 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 with regard to what he was saying? Yes. Sure, he can he can sp- uh, spellcraft. I mean, sorry, arcane of that shit. <laughs> I can't wait for the look of oh, nineteen. All right, I'm sorry. Uh, eighteen. I should roll a disadvantage because I'm getting all of this from the fucking barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he's telling you enough to. I'll say if you do a quick arcana check and you think about it, because you have suggestion, don't you? I have mass suggestion. You have mass suggestion. So yeah, you know exactly what mass suggestion does, and while no. You cannot get this many creatures. You know what it does. And you have a pretty good sense they were probably suggested magically to stay here and stay out of the way. Okay. They were probably, and that the thing that you're probably missing, that Carlton's probably missing, is a duration. Okay. So... Jonathan the Match Muscular does that thing where he realizes he's wrong mid-argument, but doubles down anyway. That's fine. What I'm not saying is that you <laughs> love that. Person. Jonathan, I'm not saying that you can't do it. Maybe you said there was invisible people. Maybe like four of them did it. Uh, the Carlton, remember that I was talking about those invisible people that you just mentioned? Still looking for them. The, the, can- <laughs> the camera pans away from these two gentlemen <laughs> as they try to save their own egos back over to the corner where <laughs> Bernie right. and Travancore are chatting away as Bernie does this check and gets a 24. So you're not familiar with a geese spell. It is. I some, should be though. It's in my repertoire. Is it some something? It's but you've a never cast. Yeah, but you've never cast it before. So no, you're familiar but theoretically, with it. I. It's one of the things I can pick up and put down in a day. Yeah, exactly. So I should be familiar enough. Oh yeah. Well, and with that check, not only do you peg it as a geese spell, and then you're like, oh yeah, that's one of the ones that I have in my repertoire. I haven't cast it yet, but you do know casting it at higher spells uh, makes for a longer duration. So you do know that if you cast it at a ninth level, it pretty much can only be ended by some very specific spells. So like there's good greater news restoration. In- yes. So there's good news and bad news, however. The good news is that as long as Travancore does what he says and keeps this talisman, quote unquote, safe. You know, and obviously safe is subject to a fair amount of leeway, considering it's right now technically not even in his possession. But he knows it's safe. He's fine. Everything will be fine. You do know you could end it with a greater restoration or a remove curse very easily. And he would have zero consequences. You would also know that the creature that is bound by it on the other side would know as well. So it's kind of up to you whether that is a thing you want to do. Travancore, I want to try something. Okay. What are we trying? Well, I think I can actually remove this from you. I think he, I don't think you have to die. That's, I'm, I'm intrigued. You have my interest. He put a geese on you. What's that? It's not as powerful as the thing that your family signed away and in fact there's several ways to end it that don't involve you dying and i have two of those ways lucky you but the moment we end this he knows right and then i'm in breach of contract which i don't know what the terms are or there's no contract but i breached our deal you're not in breach of contract and i think this should be a group decision honestly because 
if we kill you, you die, I bring you back. You got to make sure you want to come back. That's really, really key. Like, I don't know if I've ever mentioned that, but you coming back to life is as dependent upon you as it is upon me. Have I ever told you that if I fall asleep, it's in the hope of rising again? That's good. That's what that means. That's a great starting point. So I think we have some options. I don't know how fast this guy can travel. And I honestly, I don't know. And I'd have to do a little more thinking. If you die, I don't know if he'll feel that too. And with that, with that interesting question, we're going to pause. And when we come back the next time... We'll we'll do a little bit of time skip. It'll be the next morning. You will have all had a long oh, rest. You all had had a chance to because the sun has gone down, and within the next hour, the dwarves are going to be out of their mass suggestion and are all going to have questions. And you will have explained what will have happened, and everybody is going to have a safe long rest. And in the morning, as you get together for breakfast, you can decide what your next course of action is. But for now, let me give you some experience. And you did say we would have a long rest, right? I, yes, it is a long Good. rest. You will da, da, da. Have, Unless for some reason, Bernie decides that she wants to um, remove the curse on Travancore in the next eight hours. <laughs> no, 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 fuck, no. no. I kind of, I was assuming. I got that impression too. That, I was that getting wasn't that gonna impression happen, that but... y'all were going to wait and talk about this and everything. But, you know. Talk about it, this as a group. Bernie, is going to present her findings, she might talk to her god and find the best way forward, which apparently might also be stabbing Travancore. <laughs> you have a multitude of options, but you also now have some safe dwarves and a long rest. So let me give you some experience for the group coming up with an, a very interesting and you all kept apologizing for talking out of character, but frankly, this is the stuff that I like. This is, and you know what? Those moments where you're like, I don't think this is good radio. I don't care. This is good D&D. Y'all are having mm. fun. Y'all are digging into the weeds. And that that's all I care about is that y'all are having fun and digging into the weeds. And whether this is good radio or not, we recorded for fun. So I was super impressed that it didn't turn into just let's do the Blasty. Not that the Blasty would have been bad, but... L- listen, <laughs> Blasty Jonathan the Magic Muscular, as much as he is an intelligent and thoughtful fellow, is a little... T- Tiny bit of a blunt instrument. Trigger happy. You're trigger Where happy. You're no. all yeah, hey, like so. Hey, how many fireballs came out? None. I'm very None. There you go. For having an incredibly intense, very emotional, very interesting conversation about what you wanted to do and how you wanted to do it, I'm going to give you a total of 10,200 experience to split between the four of you because your options were to fight this fight or not fight it. And either way, you should get the same amount of experience. I also think it's really great that I decided that whatever we, that if we fought it, it would end in death. And apparently if we don't fight it, it's also going to end in death. So. <laughs> just less death. Sometimes life is like that. Sometimes death is just about a controlled death. And next time we get together, it'll be the next morning and you'll see what happens. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Christopher Waterston, Linnea Boyev, Lori, aka Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.